Hey guys, welcome to the new episode of Horror Thoughts. This is Sean, as always, joined by Scott. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the I Know What You Did Last Summer trilogy. There's a new show um, out on Amazon Prime that will probably be out by the time this is released, but it's not out yet at time of recording. Um, so we decided to revisit uh, this series of films. Um, I have seen these movies before. Um, I don't think you have. Uh, I saw them about two days ago, day and a half ago for the first time, and I sat through all of them. And um, as you're listening to this, this the show should be starting tomorrow as you're listening to this. If you listen to it the day it came out, because it premieres the same day as the Chucky TV series when I was looking it up. October 15th. Oh, I'm right? sorry, two days after the episode. I apologize. On the 15th. Yeah, I feel like 15th is um, the date I saw. Yeah, your trailer. No, you're right. It's the 15th. I was thinking Thursday for some reason, but yeah, it's the 15th. Yeah. And, and there's a new trailer for it out that actually looks like a horror thing, which the first trailer didn't. Yeah, I uh, I watched the, the trailer after you talked about it. And uh, my immediate first thought was, well, I guess I won't be watching that and I'll be watching Chucky instead. I was kind of tossing <laughs> up between both of them. Um, I will probably watch neither. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're not talking about that today. We're going to talk about the originals. Um, so obviously we'll start with the first film. I Know What You Did Last Summer is a 1997 movie directed by Jim Galepsie and written by Kevin Williamson based on a 1973 novel by Lois Duncan, although it bears very little resemblance to that book. They kind of just took the ideas and some basic story things and turned it into like an 80s slasher um, was kind of the idea. Obviously, Williamson was brought on because of the success of Scream. So he was kind of the go-to guy for a hot minute for doing horror things. Um, so since you just watched it for the first time two days ago, what are your thoughts on the original I Know What You Did Last Summer? So just the original I thought was, I took some notes, let me pull them up. I thought it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it. It seemed, one thing that I noticed is it went by really quick as I was watching it. Like I found myself wrapped up in it enough that I paused it to go get something to drink and I was already 50 minutes through it. Like I was really enjoying the movie as it went on. Uh, some notes I took. Oh, the opening 10 minutes, Freddie Prince Jr.'s character should have been in three different fist fights. That's the first thing I noticed <laughs> because the movie starts out, a dude's hitting on his girlfriend. So I'm like, right there, he does nothing to defend her. Then uh, up next, it's never there. Mark, the character who was hitting on his girlfriend, drives up again while they're trying to hide the body. And he's Max. like, Max, I'm sorry. I apologize. Max. And he says, um, like, wipe that shitty and grin off your face. You're trying to figure out the rich boy. That might, dude, you should whip his ass twice. Like, that's, and then uh, whenever they're having this whole panic freak out thing, his buddy, I, I don't remember his name, then just proceeds to choke Jennifer Love Hewitt against a car and is like, you won't, you won't say shit. Mike, you need to hit him too, man. Like, Freddie Prince should have been throwing some hands. Um, that's the first thing I took away. The very first kill of Max was, I, I was thinking when I thought about the movie and just preconceived notions, I thought it was going to be kind of cheesy and maybe not 
that gory, maybe just typical, I wouldn't say a scream ripoff, but just kind of a lax version of that. And that first kill, when he put that hook up under the, the jaw, it's like, oh my God, this is not what I was expecting. That was very brutal. And um, yeah, I liked the Sarah Michelle Geller kill a lot, that environment where she's 10 feet from a marching band and there's these fireworks kind of making the backdrop. I thought that was a really cool way to do a kill because she's that close to freedom. It made me think of Drew Barrymore at the beginning of Scream, where she's so close to her parents, but just too far away that it's not that you're so close. You can see freedom, but you're dying. That's that seems horrific. Um, the only other note I have is that at the end, whenever Freddie Prince is giving his Jennifer Love Hewitt speech, uh, talking to her at the end, it's like the most typical 90s cheesy love speech of i need you and i love you and i can't live with that and it's exactly what i wanted when i see freddie prince jr <laughs> next to jennifer love hewitt i'm like by god they better have some cheesy ass lines but other than those notes i did enjoy the movie i liked the twist got me so i thought i had the twist figured out and then one of them would get picked and then i'd think okay well maybe it's this and that would get picked up so i they did a lot better than i thought they would again just Knowing what I knew about the movie, I thought it'd be it's going to be stupid. It's going to be easy to figure out. It's going to be some typical late 90s slasher. And they actually threw me for a loop. And at the end, I really enjoyed the way they tied it together and it had me strongly looking forward to the sequel, which we will get into uh, in a minute. But the first one, it I think it's good. It's something I'd watch again, something I'll definitely show people if they've never seen it. And uh, I think it's a good background movie, too. If I was just chilling, I could throw that on. I, I had a good time with it. Yeah, I've seen this movie quite a few times. I had it on VHS from a very young age. And so I've seen it quite a bit. I think it's a really fun movie. Like you said, it's paced really well. It moves at a clip. Like it really doesn't feel like it ever is wasting time or just kind of sitting on its ass. It really moves pretty well. The characters are sort of four leads, I think are all pretty likable and mostly pretty well performed i think freddie prince jr is a little weird in certain spots like some of his line deliveries are like oof that's not great <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and I, I mean i just i love sarah michelle geller like i'm a buffy guy i grew up just loving buffy and angel and so just her and anything is is great and that whole chase scene and her death her actual death is great but the whole elaborate chase is really great starting in the cop car and then moving to the department store and then to the alley like that whole sequence is really cool uh one thing i really like about it is you know the basic sort of conceit of the story of these characters that did a bad thing and then covered it up and i think they handle sort of the depression and trauma angle of that really well and sort of realistically whereas other movies might make it a little too over the top and a little over dramatic which we will talk about in other movies um but this one it feels a little more real where they like um jennifer love hewitt's character julie is just a little paler and she's a little more gaunt and i kind of like that these four characters were kind of like the coolest kids at the school like these were like the four stars of the school and like all of their lives just kind of went to shit where Julie is failing classes. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, Helen is working at the department store instead of being in New York, trying to be an actor like she wanted. 
Um, the Freddie Prince Jr. character, Ray, is supposed to be a philosophy student in New York, but he's also just a fisherman. So I really like that element because that, even without sort of the trauma of murdering a man and throwing him in the ocean, that's something that happens and is very relatable in real life where you have all these sort of big plans and life can kind of screw with you in a way. And so it just makes these people feel a little more real. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the kills because just isolated. So this, I'm going to get into some complaints and if you have any, you can um, draw them out too. I like the movie. I think it's pretty solid. I don't think it's as good as Scream, which is also written by Williamson. So it kind of instantly draws comparisons. I think it's a weaker script. Um, and part of that is, you know, the story is set up very specifically about these four characters, but then that's kind of a boring slasher film. So you need more of a body count, but that creates this issue of why does Ben Willis kill anybody else that he kills? Why kill Max? Why the sister's kind of in his way and so is the cop. So then you could kind of be like, okay, but like, what did Max do? Why does he kill Max? Yeah. There's no reason. I tried to justify that one that maybe he knew that Max pulled up on the scene whenever he drove up and didn't do anything. But I, you're right. When, when it came to the sister, it was kind of like that, that it wasn't needed another death. Yeah. Yeah. And the Max one was actually a reshoot. He didn't die originally. They, they saw an early cut and realized they needed another death. And so that's when they shot the Max death and they wanted some more blood because they initially didn't shoot a lot of blood. Did they try to do the Max death? I know they needed another kill, but was it to try and give like a really easy red herring thought that that's like your very simple baseline motive killer where you could easily be like Max could yeah. be the one doing it and then just kill him off quick to throw that one out the door? Yeah. And I, I'm curious, like, because they would have had to rework the movie because otherwise Max would have just disappeared entirely. So yeah. I imagine some stuff had to get cut and they replaced it with his death. Yeah, because if his character would have just dropped off and never made another occurrence ever, he'd be like, why did that altercation and all those things <laughs> even happen? Yeah. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. I have a lot of notes <laughs> on this movie. <laughs> um, so my... Oh, no, I was going to mention something that I thought was really well done because you mentioned him, Ben Willis, knowing about Max. One thing I thought was cool that's a small attention to detail is... The movie starts with the four characters on the beach telling their urgent legend, the urban legend of the hook man. And when I was watching it and it's been a few minutes, not a few minutes, but a while since I've watched it. Um, and I was kind of like, Oh, that's kind of weird that they just happen to be telling a legend of a hook man. And that's who comes after them to kill them. Cause how would he know that that would have happened? But when they're dumping him in the river, they mention it again they bring up the hook man thing again. So I was like, oh, he was there. He did hear them mention it. And that's why he's using the hook. So I thought that was a small little detail that they don't call attention to. So I thought that was really cool. Um, the camera work is really great. I thought, I thought this was shot really well. It looks really nice. There's a lot of cool one takes, just really cool long shots. Um, I think my biggest problem overall is Julie who doesn't really get to be a proper final girl because she has this conversation with Ben Willis on the boat, but she doesn't really get to do anything. Like she doesn't get to fight him. She doesn't get to defeat him. She just sort of hides and screams while 
Freddie Prince Jr. swings in on various ropes and stuff to save the day. Yeah. And then Ben Willis's own clumsiness gets him killed. Well, killed, but defeated. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about any complaints I have. Touching on the boat scene, this is, I know it's a movie, but I, I guess a realistic side of me came in for whatever reason. Huh. Whenever he, um, whenever Freddie Prince cuts the line and he swings that snatch block at him, mm-hmm. that fast and hits him in the face in real life, that's probably 65, 70 pounds. And it's swung. <laughs> oh. Yeah, those are, those are heavy. I've done a lot of work with those and they, some of them are so big they have handles on them that they're two-man carries because they're that heavy. And now that's swinging from a rope and it cracks him dead center of the face. <laughs> he should be bleeding out almost dead. And he just kind of opens his eyes and goes, no, his whole face would be <laughs> caved in. I like that one part. I was like, man, I wish that would have been what took him down. <laughs> it's funny. Um, Kevin Williamson's dad, I guess, was a fisherman or something. And that's why... Williamson set the movie in a fishing town and made the killer a fisherman. And when his dad saw the movie and saw all that crazy boat stuff with like him going up in the ropes and his hand cutting off, apparently he said to Kevin, like, that's not how that would happen. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's things like that that you could definitely tell it was movied up, but for the sake of the movie, I enjoyed it. It was very captivating. Um, I liked the, what was his, uh ray's boat's name billy blue right billy blue i liked that that kind of tied into him having i guess you'd say that guilt or how he handled it and going speaking to the lady about it i really liked how they kind of threw that in there where you're thinking it's one character and then she finds out that's not a that's not a suicide note that's a threat and that cold twist i Mm -hmm. really liked the way they tied all of that in together threw me for a loop definitely when they did that no the twist is really fun and really kind of interesting you know it's funny i was thinking about it today because i've complained about the original friday the 13th movie how it kind of cheats with mrs Voorhees because you don't meet her till she's revealed and that bothers me in that movie it doesn't really bother me here that like ben willis isn't just like hanging around as a suspect until sort of the end of the movie yeah i, I don't know i think it works I think it worked really well. I, and again, I think it has a lot to do with the pacing of it where they don't have a lot of lulls. It's a lot of just constant flowing movement and different changes that you don't really sit and I'd say think about it too much. Whereas Friday the 13th, I'd love that movie, but it definitely has a lot of time and space and it, a lot of weird fills that don't need to be there that by the time you get to it, I can see why that would bother you. Be like, we, I just watched an hour and a half and now she pops up for the last five minutes. I but you didn't see- enjoy watching them play Monopoly for 20 minutes. <laughs> the best scene of that whole movie is whenever the first motorcycle cop shows up. Oh my God. <laughs> and he goes and they show an entire scene of him driving down a dirt road and turning around, like trying to manhandle a full size motorcycle on a dirt path. <laughs> like for whatever reason, I love that scene. Cause it's so fucking pointless to have in a movie. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I think that's where uh, this movie did it different. Was it, it just seemed like once the movie started, it was just going until it was over. There was no big lulls in it. No, yeah, it's, it's a really lean, effective sort of popcorn thriller. It's a lot of fun. Its script is a little messy in certain areas, but nothing like too bad. Yeah, it's just a fun time, like you said. It's good to just throw on if I'm, 
that's one I'll definitely put on if I'm just hanging out on a weekend with nothing to do. And I see it, I'm like, oh, I can throw that on. I'll watch it in the background while I do something. It's I've, a fun summer movie. Yeah. If I'm doing like a horror movie marathon kind of thing, that's one that I could have a fun time with. Uh, I will ask you this, though. I was thinking it when I watched it because I didn't know until after I saw the movie that you said, I believe, Kevin Williamson. He wrote Scream and then wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. How do you think that movie would have been perceived if they would have flipped, if that would have came out before Scream? Do you think it would have had more praise or do you think coming out after Scream, it was held to a much higher standard? That's fair. Um, yeah, it is. It is obviously held to a standard because of the work he had done on Scream but it was also promoted very much that way. Like it's from the writer of scream. Like he was their biggest star in this thing. So the movie probably wouldn't have made the money it did without Williams and having done scream. People might've been nicer to it, but I can also see because slasher films were dead when scream came out and scream really revived it and made something like, I know what you did last summer possible. I don't think I know what you did last summer could have done that. I don't think this movie could have revived it the way Scream did Um, because it's just sort of a simple, fun movie. It's not really doing anything subversive or interesting enough like Scream did to add something to it. It's just a really good slasher film. So you think if they flipped that when Scream came out after it, it was still would have had the same effect and praise that it had for the way it was made? Because I I think it would if they would have flipped. I think Scream still would have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, I kind of thought of it how we're comparing both of them after the fact when I watched it I kind of thought about how Halloween came out and then Friday the 13th came out and basically just kind of took that same vibe but really just trimmed the fat of it and we're like we're we don't need all this Laurie Strode detail seeing him and he disappearing all these nice cinematic things is like no we're making a movie it's going to be slimmed down and it's going to be what people liked in that movie but just more of that. That's kind of how I felt looking back on it, where Scream had all these elements that make it definitely different, but still revived slashers. And then I know what you did last summer was just, we're just going to take the slasher aspect of it really more so than the story and put that into a movie. No, yeah. uh, Summer is definitely the Friday the 13th to Scream's Halloween, where it is more just interested in like having a good time. And just sort of having fun with the genre. Yeah, I liked it. I also, um, I know it was a big staple in 80s slashers and stuff, but maybe you'll have a reason for why they did this in the 90s, if it was like MPAA thing or just this, the hmm. times, but like the the lack of nudity in those movies compared to obviously any slasher in the 80s, especially after Friday the 13th came out, it was how much naked women can we put into a movie go watch slumber party massacre like that's all it is so do they have a reason for why in those mid to late 90s slashers where they just stripped out all nudity of that was there a reason i have two theories so the first one is scream which i think just coincidentally didn't have nudity because nev campbell didn't want to do nudity and so many of these 90 slasher films are scream clones well, Scream doesn't have nudity, so we shouldn't have nudity. It's copying superficial elements. You know, the 90s slasher films feel a lot less gory because they're not 
doing the big over the top makeup effect heavy stuff that they were doing in the 80s. And Scream's pretty gory. There's a lot of blood in Scream. So I think that's kind of a misconception there. But I think some of it is um, copying Scream. My other theory, <clears throat> sorry, my other theory is the biggest difference between 90 slashers and 80 slasher is the actors they were going after. So with 80 slashers, they were going after nobodies, people that had done basically nothing. Like a lot of the people in like a Friday the 13th, it's their very first movie. So it's very easy to convince them to do nudity because they have no real power in the situation, right? If they want the role, if they want the role, they have to do the nudity. And I'm sure some actors were completely comfortable with it and some probably got pressured into it. It's, it is what it is. Um, but in the 90s, and again, because of Scream, Scream went after sort of hot up and coming TV actors. Nev Campbell was on Party of Five, Courtney Cox was on Friends. And so those actors have a little bit more power. And so if they say, no, I'm not doing nudity, there's really nothing you can do about it. And I know Tudela Summer also follows the same kind of thing of like, Sarah Michelle Gellar was on Buffy when this happened. Jennifer Love Hewitt was also from Party of Five. Like these aren't nobody actors. So I think that maybe plays into it a little bit. That makes sense. I think that's a good theory on the basing the blueprint off a of scream. And I mean, you know, Wes Craven a lot better than I do. He's maybe there's other movies I don't know about, but he's not really known for putting aggressive nudity or anything in his movies. Right. He usually keeps it pretty, pretty clean. Yeah. Last House on the Left is probably the one with like the most nudity, but no, he tends not to. Some of that might just be because he, he his films tend to be really, really violent. And so combining the violence with the nudity would potentially get him in trouble with the MPAA. So that maybe played into that, or he just wasn't as comfortable with the nudity. That makes sense. I was watching a, a fucking, for whatever reason, I was watching a documentary on uh, A New Beginning, Friday the 13th, part five, <laughs> my absolute most hated Friday the 13th. And they were saying that they, that director was giving up and cutting all of the gore to be able to add more nudity <laughs> and sex scenes to it. So I can see that Wes Craven being more, artistic than uh that director said i would rather cut out on seeing boobs every five minutes to have more impact in the story i'm actually telling so that makes sense yeah but all in all i loved the first one it was i had a lot of doubts that's why i never really watched it i was thinking it was just going to be some dumb cheesy late 90s early 2000s movie that i, I don't really care for too many of them and putting it on, I was pleasantly surprised, especially coming in skeptical. It definitely turned my thoughts around on that movie. <laughs> well, with the first one out of the way, um, it was a big, big hit. It was made for something like $17 million, and it grossed well over $100 million. Uh, it made crazy amounts of money. Um, so they got a sequel out real quick. Um, I still know what you did last summer. Awful title. Um is a 1998 film directed by Danny Cannon and written by not Kevin Williamson. I forgot to write the person's name down. Um, but Danny Cannon is mostly a TV guy. He's known for Gotham and other TV stuff, <laughs> um, but he's a TV guy. 
Yeah, thank thank God you said that it was not written by Kevin because that would be one hell of a drop off from writing Scream and I know what you did last summer to I still know what you did last summer, which uh, as you can probably tell I was not a fan of. And it seems like most people aren't when I looked up after I watched it. Uh, it said it had seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> and I I don't usually trust it too much, but when you see something that low, sometimes you're like, yeah, that. That makes sense. <laughs> that tracks. But they they only they made it within a year of the first one. I believe so. I believe it came out in ninety eight. Good lord, <laughs> you can yeah, you can tell. I guess um, I guess we can just unless you got something else to say about the first one. I guess we can dive into the second one. Yeah. So I have one note just because it made me laugh, which is at the beginning of the movie. Uh, Julie has a picture of Helen, the Sarah Michelle Gellar character, but it's a production still from the first movie, which is a common like movie thing. Like when someone has a picture of a character, it's always like a still, which is very silly, but it's a still from the day Helen died. Like it's from the, her in the parade, (laughs) which is like an hour before she was brutally murdered. And she keeps that on her nightstand. (laughs) And that is like, why am I having nightmares? So I totally picked up on that too. And I was trying to think, I'm like, maybe she was in a parade before when that picture (laughs) was taken, but it was the first thing I noticed. I was like, that seems odd that it's a fucking parade (laughs) picture. I had the same thought. (laughs) But um, I still know the things you were kind of talking about and alluding to about what your perceptions are or were about these movies I imagine they were all true. Um, <laughs> I still know what you did last summer. It, it's very dumb. It's dumb as a rock. Um, it's predictable. It's kind of lame. Um, the thing I was talking about earlier with like sort of the trauma and the depression, how I felt that was kind of realistic in the first one. It feels more over the top here where Julie feels a lot more inconsistent in her characterization where like she'll go from being like super just like down and depre- down and depressed and then like super giggly and upbeat within like a nanosecond yeah and there's like there's no real consistent writing for her but i have to say i don't hate the movie um i you know i want i saw it on dvd uh a while after i'd seen the first one i can kind of have fun with it like this is a movie that like it's dumb, but I kind of have fun with how dumb it is. <laughs> I can see that. There's uh let me look at the two positive notes I wrote in here. Oh good. <laughs> um oh good. Uh let's see. That's a negative, that's a negative, that's a negative. Here we go. Um, for whatever reason, the very beginning, uh the dock worker who puts on a Jamaican accent <laughs> when new people arrive and then they leave and he kicks it off. That made me laugh. And that made my that made my hopes high for them. Honestly, for whatever reason, when that came on, I was like, this might be a decent movie. That's a good and joke. That, it was a good joke. So I was like, they'll add some comedy into it. It'll be cool. And I liked Jack Black and I believe his name was Tyrell. Tyrell, uh, yeah. Yeah, I liked once Jack Black was gone, I was like, I paused the movie and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. We got this much left. Like I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired of this movie. Now Jack Black's gone, and then Tyrell kind of took over. And I really liked his character because he seemed the most realistic in that situation. 
that's how he was handling mm-hmm. stuff. Like they're going on the dock, trying to get away, freaking out. And he's like, look, we're stuck on a damn Island. We got, let's go find this fucking guy. She's like, no, but wait, it's not him. He's like, I don't care. I'm not going to stand here and wait to die. <laughs> I'd rather go at least try and figure out what's happening. So I liked his character just for. And I love um, when he's like, I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and the best part was the justification afterwards to his girlfriend where he's like don't tell me you're not hungry and she had to look <laughs> at him like damn i am kind of hungry now that he said that which i've never been in a situation where i'm trapped on an island where people are dying uh but i feel like you would hit points where you you would have to be like all right we are kind of hungry like we we can't just not eat like you still have to do those little things so i liked his character but other than that, um, oh, I noted on this. This happened in the first one as well, and it happened again in the second one. I don't know what it is with people when they're chased by cars. They don't just run off the fucking road into the woods or the grass or anything else that's around them because Freddie Prince Jr. is now running from a truck, staying in the middle of the road, <laughs> serpentining through the road when there is a wood line on either side of him. It's like, hey, man, the truck can't go there just step off the road and while he's running he also does a full turnaround runs backwards to see the truck still (laughs) and then turns back around and keeps running it's like man just sidestep and um i can't remember what character it was in the very in the first one they got hit by a car but i can Um, remember it was um ryan philippe's character it it was the Um, guy who was a douche i can't think of his name barry Barry. So he's running from this car and granted he's kind of in more of a city environment, but there's still a road and there's buildings. So if you just turn off the road at the very least, this driver now has to put it in reverse, do a three point turn and turn around to wherever you're at because it's a car and you're on a road, (laughs) but they just keep sprinting down the middle of the road. And I, I thought that was so, so dumb. You know what uh, my thought was um, during the scene, the scene with um, Ryan Philippe was I would love a parody of this movie where instead of the killer's gimmick being the hook hand legend, if his gimmick was a car because they ran him over. And so that's all he does <laughs> is try to run them over the entire movie. It's kind of like a shitty, I don't know if you ever saw uh, Death Proof. It's like a shitty yeah. Death Proof. <laughs> <laughs> That would be, you need to write that movie. <laughs> if if I ever, whatever reason, strike it rich and have enough money to just make a movie, I'm going to hit you up and we're <laughs> going to make a script for that movie. And it's going to be phenomenal. Um, <laughs> that's, that's funny. Uh, whenever, so that one dude was freaking out on the flight, Ben was freaking out on the flight or yeah, whatever his name was, William Benson or some Will. shit. Whatever stump fucking twist they had at the end you did you not get it ben's son ben's like, son dude i gave my tv the middle finger i was like fuck off dude that's so dumb um as if anyone when they my name is william benson they went oh my god it's like ben from the first one his son it's like so ridiculous um so after he freaks out on the plane the cut to the seasickness i thought was funny but then it's proceeded to be the absolute worst fake vomit acting I've ever seen in my life. He's just <laughs> hanging over the side and you just keep seeing him dry heave for 45 seconds. It's like, it's not how vomiting works. <laughs> I don't even know. He's just shaking violently off camera. You just see his head keep bobbing up and down. It's like, Okay. 
And then we get to the Jamaican guy. And I thought that was fun. Um, the whole premise was just dumb. <laughs> um, Tyrell's death, whenever he gets killed, all three of those people next to him, because they got him in the scene earlier, had knives. So they're just watching their friend get held by this hook. And the killer is within three feet of them doing it. They could have easily stabbed him in the leg, done anything other than just stand there and then freak out and run away. It's like, y'all all have knives. He's oh, obviously- The best part is when Will Ben's son um, <laughs> is dragging Julie and she gets the knife out of her pants and it's like, aha, here we go. And instead of stabbing him, she just sort of lightly, lightly cuts him. And it's like, really, <laughs> Julie, come on. <laughs> dude i thought the same thing like you didn't put it in his back or nothing you just like, like at least stab him uh, and he's just kind of like ah what a minor mildly inconvenient, inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the fact they all had knives and were just watching this happen like no one's going to take any kind of initiative to try and maybe subdue him for a little bit nothing um i put my, my final notes were Horrible twist, horrible movie. So that's, uh, that, that's my final notes um, on those. But the it was just so far-fetched. The amount of shit that had to go right for Freddie Prince Jr.'s character to get there on time was nuts to me. Um, the lack of hospital staff that could let a patient who was just laying there in bed within 30 seconds of leaving his door is completely gone from the entire hospital. No one can find him. Well, he jumped out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, God damn. As I think about back on the movie, it had, like you said, it's watchable in funny doses. Like if, if I just wanted to goof, I could put it on. But I by no means would ever sit down and be like, let me show this to someone so we can watch it and, and talk about it. Like in the first one, you had such a good plot of you see the dilemmas after the kill, and I've never accidentally killed somebody before. It's like you don't know what kind, especially as a teenager, you don't know what kind of thoughts you'd have. You might be like, we should turn it in. We should, let's fucking hide this. I got college. All these things a teenager would have going through their head really amplified that first story. In the second one, it was like, why is... Why is this even happening? Why are all the, like you talked about uh, Max getting killed. There were so many senseless killings at this resort that were like the maid got it for no fucking reason. Just, like there were so many deaths. I was like, I don't even know why he's so pissed at all these other people. They didn't do anything. Yeah. Ben Willis is tough uh, because you gave him this mode. Like he's not a crazy guy. No. Like he's, he has a very specific motive. Um, David Egan killed his daughter. So he killed David. And then our four leads ran him over and left him for dead in the ocean. So he was like, well, I'm going to fuck with y'all. Yeah. And then all these other people was just like, well, they're there and they're in the way. So he just kills all of them. And then there was the weirdness. And this is the thing that throws me for the loop, throws me for a loop. The twist with, with his son is awful um there was no mention of a son in the first film and there would have been because julie looked looked them up like there was no mention of there being another kid other than Susie, 
um, Ben Willis's daughter that died. And so to throw a son at us is super weird and doesn't work at all and is corny as hell. But then the um, sort of the older black guy um, that's sort of like the wise voodoo guy that's every black person in a horror movie, every older black person in a horror movie, I should say. Um, when he's like giving Ben's backstory where it turns out Ben Willis worked at this resort and murdered his wife who was cheating on him and both his wife and um, Susie are buried here on this island. Like all of that, I was like, <laughs> what? He was a fish. He was a local fisherman to that small town that ran into some bad luck <laughs> like, and took it out on these kids. Like what is going on? Yeah, it, um, it made no fucking sense. Like, there's no other way to put it. It made no fucking sense that any of this movie was happening, to be to be honest. The fact that I, maybe they touched on it and I missed it. How did he not die when he went over the overboard? How did he survive? How did he survive getting run over by a car and dumped in the ocean? This dude's pretty yes. tough. That's what I'm it's saying. All, he, like, all that happened was he lost his hand and he fell in water. Yeah. Like, and he, then, he swam away. <laughs> like, that's such a... F- One-handed. The amount of trauma he went through to one hand swim to the coast, like, let me regroup with my son. Let's figure this out. <laughs> Let's figure out a remote, that remote island that I And by the through. way, the son who has to be a plant at Julie's college and like, how long has he been there? Yeah. And he's, <laughs> and not only does that have to happen, he has to become friends with them enough to be invited to a thing. Cause he could easily just be a weird guy in class. Yeah. <laughs> like the, <laughs> I get that we're looking so deep into this movie, but as it, I can overlook a lot of things in movies, but this one just keeps like compounding them over and over and over. To be like, I, the amount of things that would have to happen to be in the situation is insane. No, no, it's absolutely nuts. And that actor is so obvious. His entire like, uh, shucks, G, you know, G whiskers. Julie performance that he gives the entire thing with this shit-eating grin on his face. It's like, yeah. well, it's him. I will when mention he, one thing I liked because you were mentioning like little moments. I love that they don't know the capital of Brazil. Because like, I'll be honest, if someone asked me that, I'm 100% sure if I had not seen this movie would have said Rio. If you asked me, I also probably would have said Rio, which maybe, maybe I'm just dumb, but I thought that was kind of relatable. And if you are smart about geography and you do know that it's brasilia you instantly are like oh that's not that's not right so you know what i don't (laughs) i've never actually uh realized that now just out of my own curiosity i have to look up the capital of brazil and read it myself because no it's brasilia they reveal that in the movie insane capital of brazil that's so nuts. My, I swear to God, whenever it came up on the movie, they're like, what's the capital? I was like, it's fucking real, you dumbass. Like, that was my first thought. When they, and then they brought up the Brasilia thing and watched, they brought it up and watched the movie. I was like, there's no fucking way. Is it really? <laughs> and it blew everything I thought. I was like, it's 100% Rio. No, just Brasilia. It's Brasilia. Yeah. And I, I like that's, that. I think that was kind of fun. That's fucking wild. Yeah, there was someone who got so pissed off at the first 10 minutes of that movie. And they're like, it's Rio. And they're like, correct. He was sitting there like, no fucking way. This is stupid. I've studied geography my whole life. That's wrong. 
See, it's I think that'd be a fun thing if I had known because you like you're instantly are like, oh, something's up. Oh, that's true. That would throw you for a bit of a bit of a loop. Um, did they ever say the radio station just called her on a whim to tell her she won, or did well, she no, like it was Will? No, no, I know that, but was the was it suggesting that just a radio station called her phone? <laughs> These are not smart women. Because if <laughs> that's the conclusion, these are very dumb women. If someone fucking called me right now and they'd be like, hey, what's up? It's Rock 101, KLOL. Do you get a trip to fucking where? I'd be like, why hang do you need my number? Yeah, you would hang up instantly. I, I've never called you. <laughs> I don't listen to the radio. I mean, I know back then they would, but no radio station. You want to talk about a breach of privacy? You just found my personal phone number from a radio station and just That's called. unlisted. Unlisted phone number called me. That one, because I thought maybe I missed it. I was like, maybe she called in. And then whenever he's, then as it was going on, I was like, no, they just called her. Like That should have been an immediate red flag. <laughs> Again, they're not intelligent in this you, movie. Do you and Julie many- really was in the first movie. That's so kind of frustrating. It's like watching her in this. It's like, you're smarter than this. Yeah. She, she dumbed it down. And, I don't know why. And I know it's a it's a girl. It was girls and a girl thing or whatever. But when they found out they were going to Brazil, Brazil, seeing her jump up and down, all like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, that's not what her character would do. I don't think she'd be that like you were talking about going from like depressed to over ecstatic to depressed immediately. It was the same thing. Like, she's all sad. We're going to fucking Brazil or wherever the fuck they're going. And she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, we're going to the Bahamas. This is great. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, no, it's not a super well-written part. Um, I do like that at least Julie gets to kill Ben Willis. Like, it's not just Ray swooping in to save her again, even though that is part of it. I like that she got to actually put him in the grave. I thought that was a fun way to end it. Um, The only other note I have is sometimes watching movies, you can kind of tell when a director maybe has some kind of weird crush on an actress because there is a lot of weird kind of pervy stuff with Jennifer Love Hewitt in this movie. And it's nothing like too bad or too offensive, but it was something I kept noticing where we have this entire tanning bed sequence, which is fine in and of itself. It's a decent kind of like thrilling thing of being trapped in a tanning bed. That's a decent scene, but it's also clearly an excuse to get her in a bathing suit because Jennifer Love Hewitt is attractive. But then the entire third act, she, you know, she's wearing, before that she's wearing just like sweats and she takes the shirt off and replaces it with a white button up shirt that she only does one button on in the middle. And so like her like abs are out and like tons of cleavage. And of course she's running around and boobs are doing the thing that boobs do yeah. in that scenario. She's getting soaking wet because it's pouring rain in a white shirt. And like seeing some of these shots and the way that they're composed, it's like, can you like stop ogling her? Like that's, can you just like not for like five minutes? I did notice the wardrobe change in the movie. I'm like, why'd that happen? Like, I don't, uh, if I had some, why that shirt? Yeah. So impractical if you're being chased by a killer, to be honest. Having a button-up that's only buttoned one time, that would just get in your way of everything you're trying to do. So I thought the same thing when I saw the wardrobe. I'm like, why is that way you 
you you change to that. Yeah, and it's just to like show her, like show some skin. It's like that's weird. Like you had a whole tanning bed sequence for that. Like let this, let the third act just be intense, like on its own, instead of me constantly be distracting by like, wow, that director's getting real close to her boobs there. It's a was, little awkward. I was kind of surprised that the bartender didn't have more to do in the movie. They were kind of <laughs> setting her up for more, and then there was really not much there with her minus you know that's the other weirdest part is we know it's ben willis there was never a doubt that it's him and because the movie is poorly written it's always obvious that will is in on it too but they throw so many red herrings at us yeah and the bartender is clearly that too where she's kind of intense and a little rude and like a tough girl um and so she's clearly supposed to be like "Ooh, is she a killer too and it's like no it's ben and this dumbass, like we know it's not the voodoo guy. Like we know it's not Jack yeah. Black. Like quit throwing <laughs> red herring at us. What a fucking twist of that movie would have been. He's like, you should have bought my weed. Now I had to kill all of you. <laughs> I would have been okay with that. <laughs> that would have been a fun movie. <laughs> but there were there were funny parts in it. Uh, like I said, I really liked the Tyrell character and the whole movie he's just trying to get laid and it just <laughs> cannot happen everywhere he goes he's in a jacuzzi everyone shows up and he even says that when they're he's like i'm hungry and i'm horny that's it i'm like this man's a simple man i respect it he's like i just want to get the fuck off this island fuck something and eat something that's all i want <laughs> i don't care about anything else he, he, he's so relatable because he has no patience for any of the dumb shit that is happening to him. Yeah. Like he just has no patience for it. And like, it's hard to, it's easy to sort of get into that mood as the audience that has no patience for this movie's nonsense. Yeah. Cause if you think about it like him, like he's being very, so I think I will, I'd say most people have dated someone and you don't really gel with their friends but you kind of you're around them so you're like i'll be pleasant and nice because they're there <laughs> but in your heart like if like my wife be like what do you think of this person i'm like i don't care about that person i <laughs> i treat them nicely because they're your friend but i do not and i feel like that's how he feels he's like look i'm going with my girl just trying to have a good time i'm trying to be cordial i know this girl's been through some stuff but at a point he's like i'm tired of dealing with this shit i've just came for a vacation now there's a fucking storm. I got to deal with you seeing dead shit. I just want to bang and eat and you are ruining <laughs> all of it. And you can see his frustration just finally tipped where he's like, I don't believe you. I'm over this shit. Just, and yeah, I, I loved him as a character. I really did. I thought he was the best character in the whole movie. Which, so that, oh, sorry. Did oh, I'm you sorry. Else? I was, no, no, no. I was going to say, um, which I didn't care for that one. And so it gave me hope for the third one that maybe it would up my feelings about the franchise. Cause I thought the second one took a big dump and uh, the third one just blew me away with how fucking terrible that movie was. I didn't even get all the way through it. It was so bad. I've watched about half of it and then had to go online and read about what happened because I just could not finish it. I thought that movie sucked so bad. I hated it. Yeah. Um, I still know what you did last summer. Um, it did make a decent amount of money. It made about $90 million on somewhere around like $25 million budget. But I guess it wasn't enough um, to do another like immediate sequel. 
and really what do you do like this is a tough thing to make a series because like like even just doing a second one is kind of stupid like it yeah. really shouldn't have happened um and somehow i don't really know how or why this happened but a few years later someone decided they were going to make another one and so we got i'll always know what you did last summer in 2006 direct to video this was not a theatrical production thank god which if you've seen it <laughs> you can just tell yeah. because it looks like shit um it was directed by sylvian white um i can't remember who wrote it again i didn't write it down um uh, sylvian white also directed the losers which was a comic book movie from about 2010 which looks a lot better than this, but is very similar in style, very like quick editing, which was one of the other things that really annoyed me about this was the editing was awful. Just, oh my God. Every time <laughs> the fishermen showed up and it'd do like the big like zoom close up and then flashing around, that annoyed the crap out of me. Um, the thing I kept thinking, just in terms of the way it looked, it looks like, it looks like a music video from that time. Not like a nice music video from like now, but like a music video from then, from the mid two thousands. It look it's a ninety minute Papa Roach music video. Dude, I was thinking it looked like the music video for Remedy by Seether, where they're at the carnival uh, and it's got the lights. Yeah. I totally get it, dude. That is like the best description. It looks like a mid two thousands music video. That that is something that puts the movie at an instant disadvantage even if it wasn't otherwise terrible <laughs> is the first two, there's that nineties nostalgia that I, that I can really get into because these are films I grew up watching. I do not have that for the mid two thousands. I think the mid two thousands is a very embarrassing um, time period for pop culture. And so I just have this really just blatant in your face reminder of that um, with, between the music, the clothes, these poor girls have to wear um, the hairstyles, the band that oh my God. the secondary um, girl is in. Uh, like it, It's rough. It's not fun. It's not a fun time period to revisit. I don't even know if I put fucking notes down for that one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> let me take a look. Okay, let me see. Um, only thing good about this movie was the gore and the effects. I wrote that down. I thought it had really good gore for the ones I saw. And something that uh you can see i don't i won't even remember one of these characters names and i just watched it a day ago that's how much <laughs> i did not enjoy it one of them is fake dead and he blinks on camera as they walk up to his dead body he's <laughs> dead and you talk about bad editing it goes like that zoom in shit and mm -hmm. as it's zooming by his head if you watch he blinks his eyes and then it goes <laughs> to show him dead i'm like are you serious <laughs> like that's like freshman year high school video class editing mistakes right there how do you make a full budget movie and you have that big of a continent continuity error full budget yeah this thing was made for ten dollars <laughs> yeah um the the edits were bad the opening credit scene was that's how i knew this was about to suck with all the edits and the carnival i'm like this about to be mm -hmm. horrible yeah uh the dialogue right out the gate on the Ferris wheel. I was like, this dialogue's trash. The These are not good actors. Bad. Yeah. Um, 
And then the opening death of we're going to play this big prank of the hooked killer. Uh, and we're going to do the skateboarding thing. But someone moved the mattress he was supposed to fall onto off of a building and impales himself onto a tractor. That's the start. It's like, yeah, holy shit. And like, for those who haven't seen it, um, because not many people have, this went real under the radar. It has a flat, solid 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Deserved. <laughs> um, from only six reviews. <laughs> because again, this just isn't a movie anybody even bothered to deal with in any way. Um, what happens with our main characters in the first film with Julie and her friends it's crazy and it's, it's a movie thing, but it is relatable. You can understand this was an accident. What was Ben Willis doing in the middle of the road? Like you, you understand what happened and why and why they make the choice that they do. These characters in this film make the dumbest prank I've ever heard of. <laughs> We're going to pretend there's a serial killer and our friend is going to escape from the serial killer on a skateboard on a roof and fall off the roof get yeah. pranked who are you that was my, that <laughs> who was my first pranking? exactly i'm like who are you fooling no one's in on it everyone th- and also good luck getting me to dress up like a serial killer and chase someone that's a good way to get shot in the head like i'm not yeah <laughs> we're just but, lucky that they're in a horror movie and cups are always terrible I already can't do nothing <laughs> that what was even shittier is as soon as it started, I was like, that's yeah, a prank. Like this isn't real. Yeah. And then it proved to be right. And that was my end goal. I'm like, a prank is supposed to be other people are in on it, but that one or two or three people. And then you see their real reactions. That's the prank. No one except your four friends knew what was happening and y'all were all running terrified. So there was no one to actually prank it was it's like you had no audience and yeah like you mentioned the pillows or the mattresses getting moved and there's a truck which i thought was going to come back and it's like aha someone like staged it so yeah. that he died and like nope yep. <laughs> nope nope someone <laughs> that truck just, was just there <laughs> yep someone drove up on their fucking tractor or whatever and was like that's weird this mattress is here i'm gonna park <laughs> right on top of it and that's all the backstory is and the the biggest thing that drove me insane about this movie is they have this legend of a fish hook killer mm-hmm. who survived on the coast, who survived in the Bahamas. This takes place in landlocked Colorado. <laughs> There's no fucking water. There's no fishing community. Why is this happening in fucking Colorado? They couldn't even like be like, oh, let's just do it on the coast. No, let's put it Central U.S. That that made me so fucking mad when I found out they were in color. I'm like, why would this even affect you? There, why would why would the fish hook killer go to bumfuck Colorado to kill kids? You know what also weirded me out about Colorado is that they're at like a ski resort for a good chunk of the movie. It's July. <laughs> why did you set? Or your horror movie at a ski resort <laughs> in July. There's all this like ski stuff. And I was like, what is this doing here? And then I was like, oh, we're in Colorado, but in the summer, what are we God doing? Damn it. 
I didn't even realize that. Oh, and like several shit. characters like work on the ski stuff, but it's like, well, it's clearly off season. I mean, I guess there's like maintenance and stuff, but like, it's just so weird. And they don't, they kind of use the ski stuff for a couple of scenes, but it's mostly just random. Like they had these locations for like a day. Like so they're like, well, we got to use the gondola. <laughs> we have it for a day. <laughs> they did use that. That is thinking about it being in July. Why in the fuck? Okay. That's a really good, that made that movie even more worse. <laughs> I was still focused on the fact that they were landlocked, terrified of a fisherman. <laughs> that doesn't even affect you. Um, and let's talk about that. Because this movie is so wild. So it, it is basically a remake of the first film. You know, four people get someone killed, they keep it a secret. And then a year later, a killer dressed like a fisherman comes after them to seek revenge. It is presented as a murder mystery. Um like who is doing it and why are they doing it? And the twist is it, it's not any of the characters that would have legit motive that would make this kind of an interesting movie or at least somewhat interesting. It is the ghost of Ben Willis who it is confirmed died. He, he is dead. He died at the end of the second film. Julie did kill him. He is now like a Jason Voorhees-style zombie who has become this sort of legend that haunts kids, but in this very specific scenario of accidentally killing someone on July 4th and keeping it a secret. Oh. And when that happens, he his ghost comes back every July 4th to lightly prank and then murder kids and that's what they go with he he's such a niche killer like he must not get work very often he's just sitting around in fucking ghost world like finally a fucking killer on the fourth jesus jesus to get to work. it's been like 10 years <laughs> <laughs> it would have been so easy just to do the copycat thing to be like oh the sheriff or whoever saw the ben willis story in the papers and then obviously they're pranked with the fishermen so that's why he adopts adopts that guys. Why on earth is it actually Ben Willis? Like who thought yeah. that was gonna work? Yeah. Like the first time I saw this, I was like, no way. Like in fairness, I didn't call it, so they got me. But that isn't always a good thing. <laughs> yeah. If so what you do doesn't make any sense. Like I was talking about how much I hate Friday the Thirteenth Part Five. It's not because it's not Jason as the killer. It's just a horrible movie. But when he comes back later in the other movies in the franchise, you're, you already are kind of conditioned to what these movies are, so you enjoy them for what they are. Like, it's a slasher, it's this and that. This movie tried to bring back the dead character, but like you said, with no fucking reason for it to even be happening. There is no purpose for it to be happening. They could have done a copycat, which would have been a horrible movie, but still better than like, oh, we got the ghost of this one guy who I just, I, I can't get over the fact that that's the group that he goes for, for no fucking reason. And, and why have they heard, I get the legends go around, but why are you so enamored with a legend of a fisherman killer again? Like that's not something that would really 
get around, I would think, to the middle of no fucking where Colorado to be that prevalent. He killed, what, a dozen people? Maybe? Yeah. Between the two movies? Like, this isn't national news stuff. (laughs) Maybe the crazy Bahamas plot would be when it turns out he's like a supervillain. Yeah. It... That that's what that, it makes no sense why they would have that they could have heard about it, but to be that prevalent, I was like, "There's no." Fucking well, way. you probably didn't make it to this part, but later on in the movie, I think the rock star chick has like an entire like binder with like newspaper clippings of what Ben Willis did, and that's how they like did their research to do the prank. Is they have a whole full like binder that's the other two movies, but in a binder. It's <laughs> <was> like okay. <laughs> god almighty i watched um so to finish that movie because i got about halfway i just put on the kill count because i like watching those to Mm, sum up movies and that's that's how i finished the rest of that movie and i saw just the clips of it i'm like i i literally hit a point where i was just staring at my tv like i cannot fucking finish this movie it's only (laughs) been 25 minutes whatever and i'm already over it so hard that and you were talking about guilt so the guilt in the first one is real you, and how they portrayed it. And it didn't really fuck them up horribly. But like you said, it kind of changes their path in life a little bit just from the effects. And then the second one, the guilt was aggressive, then gone, then aggressive, then gone. In this one, I get that you would be sad that your friend died, but it's not really. I guess it's of your doing because it's a prank, but he was involved in it. So it's not like. In the first one, you hit a completely innocent, well, innocent guy as far as you're concerned when you hit him. So that's where the guilt comes from is we fucking killed an innocent guy who had nothing to do with this. Whereas in this one, he was a part of the prank and it just went wrong. So like some, I remember one of the female characters just had this horrid guilt. I'm like, you should feel like you can feel guilty and sad, but it wasn't out of malice or, or you didn't try and you're, you're not covering anything up really. You, you just know that a prank went wrong. That's kind of it. The one thing about the guilt that I do think works, the story element that the cops have been chasing a killer they think exists that does not exist for a year because they think there was a killer, an actual killer that like killed that guy. And so they've kind of put the town in this perpetual state of fear. So that element I liked, that could have been played up a little more because it's just sort of mentioned once or twice but like you were saying, it just feels so over the top and like silly. Like, I don't know if you saw this scene, but um, the first guy that dies of the four, the kind of nerdier one where he's like cutting himself, but like with the hook. Yeah. Like, and just like the silly editing of that scene and like how he's like, oh, he's popping pills and he's drinking. And like, it's like every like kind of depression cliche that yeah. you've ever seen. And it's just, it's really goofy. And speaking of the hook, I don't know if you saw this, but so they have a hook and that turns out is the only way to defeat zombie Ben Willis. I saw that. Or, or is they hit him with the hook and then suddenly he's like, ah, not the hook. And it's like, can it just be any hook? Is it this specific hook or can it be like, can I just grab a hook and like defeat him? <laughs> like, it, what is what are the rules here for this zombie you have thrown at me? Then he got sucked up into what? Was that like a... Uh, I saw some kind of the farm equipment thing. Yeah, it looked like a fucking uh, uh, like a snowplow almost, where it was just oh, uh, what maybe a snowplow? Because again, Colorado, it's a, it's a ski resort, and again, there's just a 
readily available snowplow in July, like you would probably have that put away. Like you wouldn't really need it out because I thought it was farm equipment because we also spent some time on farms. Like a couple of the characters live on farms. It may have been, it could have been to pick up brush and wood and stuff. I don't know. It was just, again, the hook went into the head. And so if the lore is the hook is what kills him, then he should have just been dead. Like the getting sucked into the wood chipper is irrelevant. Like he's completely dead. As soon as you drive it through his skull, that should be like a, that was my thought. I'm like, that should be a wrap on the character then if that's what kills him. So then getting sucked through the wood chipper, I was like, the fact he was still alive, I thought the hook was supposed to kill him. Like you said, what is it any hook? Is it his hook? Why did he I mean, not? He has just... a hook, so it's not his hook. Yeah. Like, imagine you got to like do that, like stop hitting yourself thing with him, but you just got to grab his <laughs> arm and try and stab him with his own hook. <laughs> they should have just played the movie up like that. They should have just made it a huge joke. And I, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Well, and that's what helps like you referenced with Friday the 13th, because they kind of do the same thing when they, even just when deciding to make Jason the killer in the first place, you kind of have to lean in to the fact that what you're doing is real dumb. Yeah. And so you kind of just have to lean in and be funny and be real silly, which obviously the first zombie Jason movie, um, Jason lives. That one really does. Like it leans into the fact that this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, This movie doesn't have a sense of humor. No. In any way, it plays it dead straight. And it that, that makes it real tough. Yeah. To like, deal with. Touching like on Friday the 13th, if you try to look at the backstory of how Jason came to be, even after the first one, the series would make no fucking sense. And it won't in any way. Like that. Wh- why is he here? Is he a child? Is he a man? Was he lit? But like you said, they lean into it. Whereas if this one would just leaned into the lore, like, oh, he's back and he's fucking killing people, then and had some humor with it, it would have gone over a lot better than trying to make it serious. But the gore was cool. I liked the gore and the effects. The effects team, uh, it's I, I watched some. They had done effects on Halloween 5, and mm. he'd also done effects on um, Saw and there was one other bigger movie he did effects on. So you could really tell that, that they got someone good with the effects. But other than that... That's where all the money went. C- clearly. The, the money went to no actors or actresses or sets. I thought the lead girl was fine. Yeah, I, I guess. Like, relative to everybody else, yeah, I, I guess. Say, I thought I guess. she was fine. Yeah, she was a fart compared to shit, pretty much, is all she was. She was fine. Um yeah i was so pissed i thought after i saw the first one i was like maybe they'll go somewhere cool with this one um maybe someone else know and then the second one kind of dropped off and then the ben son part really i was like i'm done fuck this movie and then yeah the third one just really dropped the ball but the first one was good though (laughs) i liked the first one hey um i think the thing the third film that drives me the most nuts i don't know if you saw it but there's a moment where the those characters are like, let's just leave, which is the smartest possible plan. Let's just bail. And they're going to do it. And they're about to leave. And then the rock star chick comes out and is like, yo, I have a gig oh, tonight. That's right. <laughs> and there's going to be an agent there. So like, I'm staying, I'm going to play this gig. And the other characters are like, well, we don't want to split up. So I guess we'll come to your concert. And wherever that, what, what is that location? 
<laughs> it was driving me insane. Because like the stage area looks like an aircraft carrier. <laughs> what is that room? But then the the douchebag leaves and he's in some kind of like lodge with a bar with like a huge kitchen. So like I was spending the entire third act being like, where are we? Like, yeah. what is this location? Is there a barn? Like, what are we doing? So that drove me the most. It's just like, we could leave. Oh, but she could maybe kind of get an agent playing her very not good metal music. 100% not lip synced uh, metal music. Kind of like you're touching on the music videos. Their stage just look like the backdrop to any music yeah, video. It's just like the movie just stops dead for a music video. And it's like, maybe like there was like um like a music label that was like the main uh, producers behind this. Cause there was a recent thing on Amazon where it was, that was like a record label that like produced a TV show. And so it was mostly there to kind of promote their artists. Um, but at least that show was like about music artists, you yeah. know, and not the third film in a slasher series that stops dead to like have a bad music video, <laughs> which it just makes the characters look like the dumbest idiots like ever. <laughs> it's like we could leave and live, but let's risk our lives with this killer who is definitely here, <laughs> but whatever. It's dumb. Yeah, that I was so disappointed by the time. The first one's great. The second one, I was like, all right, man, come on. And the third one, I was like, no, no, I, I give up. I quit. Uh, made no desire to make me want to watch the TV show. After the first <laughs> one, I was like, maybe I'll enjoy the show. I bet it's going to be one of those, you know, teen dramas that I'm just not going to mm -hmm. get into. But maybe I'll check it out. And then after the second one, I was like, well, there is other shows coming on at that same time, so I might miss it. Then after the third one, I was like, fuck this series. <laughs> I'm just sticking with the first one, and that's it. I'll have to check out the new trailer for the series, though, if you said it actually looked pretty good. I didn't say it looked good. Oh. I said it looked more like a horror thing. Oh, okay. And it wasn't just hot people partying. Got it. Which was the first trailer. Got it. They don't even, like, man, it doesn't even look like they're going to have the fishermen. Like, there's, like, one shot of a killer, and it looks like they're just in a hoodie. And it's like, can you at least do the fisherman thing? See, the thing, what I was thinking about, um, if, if they don't bring back the lore of the first one, it's just going to be like that series of shows that came out from like 2009 to 2014 that my wife watches, like Pretty Little Liars. Essentially, that whole show is like, mm -hmm. hey, we know you did some shit. We're watching you and we're fucking fucking with you. Mm hmm. So that's kind of already been done. So if you don't bring in the, maybe it'll bring in a new generation. You know, like my wife would have watched that when she was 15. Now she's 26. She's probably not going to be into this. Whereas maybe they're just hoping it'll bring in the new younger crowd. But I can't even see that happening because it's not even streaming. It's on regular cable. No, it's, I, it's a streaming show. Oh, is it going to be streaming? It's, it's Amazon Prime. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking the other shows on sci-fi. My bad. Yeah, Chucky's on sci-fi. So never, never mind. It could work as a stream. I, that was my my only thought was like, if this is geared for, you know, like the 14 to 17 demographic, if it's on basic TV, no one's going to see it. But yeah, but the thing, if you just want to like make a show for like teenage girls, that's fine. But then why do I, why do this property? Why do I know what you did last summer? Because the people you're going to get to watch 
are like us people our age and a little older that are fans of these movies and they know that and they want us to come watch but then they also want to attract people who have absolutely no interest and i know what you did last summer because it's a kind of dumb slasher movie from 20 years ago and so it's just a weird thing to do that i don't i just don't get it do you think i don't know if this could work but i think if someone did it right maybe it could work if you brought back like the old 90s cast from i know what you did last summer and just kind of you keep it horror but you kind of take the piss out of the series at the same time almost kind of like a jokey style show but still scary i think you could probably do something cool with that that would bring people like our age and demographic in i think trying to appeal to like the younger crowd is just not going to work in their favor whatsoever well because they're because scream this thing the same thing happened to scream when they did that mtv show where they called it scream because they thought that would give them a built-in audience from scream fans but then we're trying to just make it a whole new thing for like kids and i'm sure they brought some people in i've met some people that only know about scream from that show and are fans of it but you also immediately created an audience that was very hostile to your show because you tied it to very popular movies that you had no interest in being a part of because it's so loosely connected and doesn't care about the lore of the movies at all which isn't a big deal but like then why is it scream then you could have just called this something else and it would be the same show and you would have found an audience without pissing an audience off. So I just don't, and I haven't seen the show. I'm not saying it's going to be good or bad. I have no idea. I'm probably not going to watch it just because TV is kind of, eh. yeah. Like I don't have time to watch TV shows. <laughs> they're too long and they're padded. Um, especially slasher stuff, man, stretching out slasher stuff for like 13 episodes. That's a lot. And it's, and it's going to be a mystery. That's, I think, the one thing that will be there. It will be a murder mystery. And, man, a 13-episode murder mystery is rough. Um, I've seen it work one time, and that was Slasher on Chiller, which then later got acquired by Netflix. But the first season was Chiller. That first season of Slasher was real good. But then the second two seasons were awful. The third one wasn't awful, but not good. And part of it is just boredom sets in real quick. Like, I was done with that Scream show within two episodes. Damn. Yeah, it's it's weird, like, you're talking about putting that title on it, but a, trying to get a different audience. You'd be better off just not using that to try and bring it. Because you got to think of the age gap of, if you were 15 when that movie came out, you know, you're now in your late 30s. So you're not going to be watching or or want to watch a bunch of 17 year olds just partying and then drinking and stuff that's meant for teenagers. And then kind of do the same basic story that you saw in a movie 20 years ago. That's probably going to be done better in that movie from 20 years ago because they're not stretching it out for 13 hours. Yeah. Like it'd be like if like, let's say I was like, I've got a new star Wars show, but there are no lightsabers. And yeah. there's, there's, we're really not in space, you know? And I just like take all, like a lot of the big elements out and it's just like, oh, but I'm calling it Star Wars. Yeah. It's like, okay, you could have just done this other thing <laughs> and totally not called it Star Wars, and not <laughs> yeah. tied it to this thing. Yeah. I don't get it. It'll be, it'll be interesting. It, I'm, I'm, 
I shouldn't say I'm curious to see it because I'm not going to watch it. I'm curious to see how it how long it stays. I will give it. I'm being a little mean. There is a book, obviously. They could be looking more at the book. That's true. They, they are not. I'm just saying that to sort of be nice. They're not. I read the book like 10, 15 years ago. I don't remember it very much, but I know it's not what this show is. Because like you said, it's pretty little liars. That's what they're doing. That's what they're looking at. That's the big inspiration here. Yeah. I think like you were talking about titles. I think, again, like when my wife was a teenager, that was the show. That was the thing that her and all Mm -hmm. her friends would get sucked into because every episode leaves you on a huge cliffhanger and it's this mystery. You should, you could do the, again, you could make the exact same show with a different title and it could be good, but using that already established title just sets you up for failure. Like you were talking about getting heat from both sides. It's, that's, that's a ballsy move. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. I don't know. I won't see it, Uh, (laughs) but you got any horror news? Anything come up recently that? Pop on um, radar. So just a couple of things um, real quick. Um, so Halloween Kills will probably be out. By the time this one airs, it should be. Let me take a look at the calendar real quick. Or is it the 15th as well? Wow, that's weird if it's There's the 15th There's so much well. happening on the 15th. Yeah, it's a big day. Why they um, all chose but, that day is beyond me. But while you're looking that up, I'll keep talking. Um... So it might be out or it might be a couple days. I'm sorry to, to no. cut you off. Um, this episode will be out the following week after Halloween Kills comes out. So this one will be on the 20th. Or will we, because we're doing a, like a, we're doing an episode on Halloween Kills. So that would probably be the one to follow Kills release. Oh, date. you're right. So this one, yeah. So, so Kills will definitely be out. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely time. be out. So Kills will come out on Friday. So our next episode that we'll release is on the 6th. Then our next episode will be the 20th, which is when we can do our Halloween Kills review. Okay. And then this okay. episode will be following that one. Okay. And so yeah, then, then the show will definitely be out. Um, point of all that, so I'm not spoiling anything for anybody, um, but Jamie Lee Curtis, I guess, posted... Oh, oh, oh before, you, before you say I'm not going to spoil... Okay. I'm not spoiling okay. anything. I'm not spoiling okay. anything. Um, but Jamie Lee Curtis posted a very loose minor spoiler on her Instagram and I wouldn't even bring it up because it's not worth bringing up, but people, I saw people get real mad about it. Like really mad online. And like, it is nothing. It is like, not to say what it is, but it's basically a character we thought was dead in the last movie is not dead. I went to look at the picture that she posted. I have no idea who it is. It is a minor, minor character. I have no fucking clue who this character <laughs> is. Because <laughs> it was just Jamie Lee Curtis being like, oh, I enjoy doing scenes with this guy. And people were like, he's alive? And I was like, who is that? <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it isn't even that big of a spoiler because um, David Gordon Green confirmed like a year ago that that character lived and would be in Halloween kills. So it's not actually a spoiler, but I figured I'd bring it up because I thought people had such a weird reaction to it. And and granted, I've only seen that movie like one time because I didn't like it. So maybe that's why maybe if like someone who was more into it 
saw that picture and be like that guy but i'm literally like i have no idea who that is i'm gonna use this as a chance to see this will be in the future for whenever you hear the halloween kills video i'm gonna see if i can take a guess and see if i'm right on how i'm gonna feel about it with all of this hype and everything going in this movie i feel like it's not gonna live up to any of it and it's just gonna be all right that's how i think i'm gonna feel when i watch it and you'll hear my review before you hear this so we'll see how right i am or wrong but i really think there's just no one shuts up about it online. It's just constant. Uh, it's not as bad now, but a couple months ago, that's all you could ever read was Halloween Kills, Halloween Kills, to the point where like I'm almost just tired of reading the fucking title. Like I feel like it's going to overhype the movie to where when I finally see it, I'll be like, yeah, okay, it's all right. My big guess is that this is going to be a big filler movie and that the actual story will happen in the third film. Um, I think this is probably just going to be a lot of big, brutal death scenes and not much else. I didn't like the last one, so I'm not hyped for this, so it can't really disappoint me. We'll see what they do with it. I enjoyed the last one. Uh, it was pretty... I haven't rewatched it since I saw it in theaters, but I got a lot more enjoyment from that. Um, just taking... I took my mom to see it, and she hadn't seen like a horror movie in theaters since like the original Nightmare on Elm Street when she was like 17 or 18 or whatever. So she'd seen the Halloween movies from back in the day. And so this is kind of like the first time I got to take her and we watched it together. So it had like a more of a nostalgia cool feel to be able to mm -hmm. do that. But as far as the movie quality, I'd have to actually sit and rewatch it again. But I, I didn't mind it when I was in theaters. It might be different watching it at home, but we'll see how Halloween Kills does. Are you going to watch it in theaters? You're going to watch it at home. I don't know, because I'm, yeah, I don't know. And it's not for any, like, about the movie. It's, like, other stuff between COVID, not having a car, and my work schedule. It's just, it's weird to get out to the movies right now. And because they're putting it on Peacock, like, it's so easy to just sign up for a free child of Peacock and watch it. But I do, yeah. I love seeing horror movies in the theater. I do, too. Like, there is a real atmosphere to that, like, and that's why we're getting so much horror in the last few years is them and superheroes are the only things people will go see. Cause those are the two sort of things that people want to see in a theater. Yeah. It's crazy. $300 million super, superhero stuff and horror films. Yeah. Cause there's, for me, there's just nothing to take your attention away when you're at home in a horror mm -hmm. movie, you have so many other things going on. You could be thinking about, work or life or there's fucking sure. dogs running around with this yeah you're in it and that's it certainly watching for the first time i prefer being in a theater and i've definitely had that experience um because so much stuff got released at home over the course of the pandemic whether it's you know godzilla versus kong or wonder woman 2 or whatever and like it is different to be seeing something like godzilla versus kong that's clearly meant to be seen on the big screen that's so elaborate and so over the top and such like crazy good effects and I'm watching it on a 4k TV and like, it's nice, but like, man, I would have liked to have seen that in the theater. Yeah. Um, uh, other, the only news I have, and this will definitely be out by uh, the time this episode drops, but it is uh, like all these shows that are happening, unlike happening on the 15th, this one's actually happening on the 12th. They're making a Day of the Dead series oh. off of Romero's Living of uh, Night of the Living Dead series. 
They're making a Day of the Dead series that comes out October 12th on Sci-Fi. I literally do not see the point of that. I'm when the Walking Dead exists. It's like doing a zombie show that that so takes some balls. I'm gonna check it out. My plan for that week. It's gonna be a busy week because I'm I'm on my channel. I'm doing a bunch of horror stuff for mm-hmm. October, and uh, I want to re- review the first episode of that, and then I want to review the first episode of Chucky and Halloween Kills, and they all come out within like relation of each other, so close. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a busy weekend for me, but I want to try and sit and watch all of those things. I don't, I don't know if I have high hopes for day of the dead. I haven't seen anything on the show. I I just watched the series not too long ago, or at least half of it. Um, So I'm curious to see and the Chucky show, but the only, that's the only news that popped up on my radar was the day of the dead series. That one really slipped under the radar. No one, no one talked about it. I mean, I have no interest and continuing that series of world without Romero. Like, it's just immediately like, well, I don't care. Cause that guy's not around anymore. You know, and I have the same thing with scream yeah. where it's like without Wes, I, I don't see what the point is. Um, I have one more thing. Oh, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to touch on that show more, but you can go on with the news. No, you can go ahead. If you had something, uh, I was just going to say, I have no idea if that day of the dead is taking place off of the original and that style, or if I'd never seen the remake of it. So I don't know if it's the Zack Snyder thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's going off the Zack Snyder one or the Romero one. Um, I just know that they're making a day of the dead show. It'll probably be its own kind of continuity thing where it'll have me have like elements of both and they're doing their own thing. Probably so. Cause it'd be weird to do a sequel to the Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. I have yet to watch that one. That's on my list. To, I hear it's like his out. only good movie. Not to like throw Zack Snyder under the bus. <laughs> you kind of ran up on Zack Snyder, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people that love just Zack Snyder, him. dude. There's so many people that love him. You might have just made a I whole know. plan against you, dude. That just uh, can I know, say his his fans make it worse. He does have the most devout fans of any director I've ever seen in my life. Everyone's oh, like, go in- check out the Snyder cut. I'm like, man, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I made that mistake. I don't know. I don't. I don't watch the style of movies he makes usually. So I don't really have an opinion on the guy. And you don't like superheroes. And yeah, I, like the last decade, he is committed to doing nothing but that. And he's that, real yeah. bad at it. Damn, dude. I think you just drew a line in the sand. There's going to be people. We don't, we haven't had anyone reach out yet, but I bet after hearing that, we might get a bunch of hate emails. I would love to make you watch the Snyder cut and just hear what your reaction would be because you would be so confused, like jumping into that. Of, of what? Uh, Justice League, the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Do you have like to watch all the, the other movies to understand it? Well, that's what I think would be funny. Oh, it's just dude, throwing I, that at you. <laughs> I would saying. be so fucking lost. I wouldn't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> just be like, I don't know anything. But yes, you would have to understand it even remotely. You would have to watch the movies that come okay. prior to dude, it. I know, I hand to God, know nothing about superhero movies i've never seen dark knight i don't know anything about those i have seen here's the two superhero movies i can tell you i have seen from start to finish and it's been one time and that is this toby Maguire spider-man i have one. seen that one when i was a child so i've never seen it since and i skipped school to go see captain america winter soldier. winter soldier only two only two uh superhero <laughs> movies i've ever seen in my life that I've sat through. 
So I would be beyond lost. That's what would be funny, though. The <laughs> four hours that that movie is. I'll have to do some fucking live stream exclusive of me just watching these horror mo- or superhero movies that I've never seen with no context. Like when a new one comes out, I just watch it and I'm just utterly confused for two hours. Like, what the fuck has happened? Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Sure. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> sure. Right Don't know what any of that means. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, I literally have no clue what you even said. You could have just made some shit up and I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking clue. Um, the last thing I have um this actually just got announced today at the time of recording is AMC is doing kind of a fun thing. Um, the theater chain, not the network um, where every Friday and at least where my AMC is, it's going to be at seven. So every Friday at seven for every October, every Friday in October, they're going to be showing some kind of mystery horror film. So you, the tickets are $5. And so you pay $5 and you go and whatever they're showing is what they're going to play. That's, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah. You said that's AMC? That's AMC. I might have to do that. Yeah, no, it sounds fun. And again, just like you don't know what you're going to see. Um, no, I bet the original life. Halloween is in there. I bet yeah. OG Halloween is in there. They might. What if they just pick four of your most hated movies? Every time you go, you're like, they can't get one worse. And then every time it's just a you movie know, you loathe. That's funny. I used to be subscribed. I don't remember what it was called, but it was like a subscription service that mailed out Blu-rays and it oh, was horror. It was yeah. horror based. And so they sent four horror Blu-rays a month and it was pretty cool at first. And I would get, you know, some obscure stuff and I never got something I owned. And the entire time I was subscribed, which is impressive and also a little creepy. I know it's just coincidence, but still kind of weird. And then there was one month where they sent me the Poltergeist remake and Lost Boys 2, The Tribe, <laughs> in the same thing. And I was so mad that I, I canceled the subscription and never resubscribed. I swear to God, I almost subscribed to that a couple days ago. So <laughs> you might have just lost two customers, Horror Box or whatever your name is. I forget what it's called, Horror Pack or something like that. Yeah. It was cool, but I, I was just so upset. I was like, that's, it's literally disrespectful. Yeah. The only thing I love having DVDs, but the only thing that makes me apprehensive is that within early to mid next year, I'll be moving. And mm-hmm. that's just more shit that I have to pack up yeah. and have to carry. I already threw away, or I should say threw away, but I got rid of so many movies I used to have, just tons of DVDs and tons of records. And I got, cause I just, I was moving so much. I was like, fuck this. I'm tired of carrying all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, that's what led me away from it. Now your review of it. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. That's funny. I was just thinking about doing that too. <laughs> but that's really cool though. I might go, I'll have to go check that out. I got nothing to do all month of October. So might as well go watch some movies for $5. Yeah. See what they, see what they chose and yeah, the, pray. The first one's going to be like, it follows. I'll always know what you did last summer. <laughs> I'll, I'll always Just know what immediate. you did last summer. The first movie was so obscure. People are like, what? I didn't know this came out. <laughs> it's like that movie. Um, it's not even B-movies that are B-movies to be B-movies. It's just 
movies that thought they were going to be good that are just one missed call remake. Um, oh man, you like that one? That, no, that just took me back. Like, oh. that's a movie that was like gone. And then you brought it up and it just like hit me. I was like, right, dude, that happened. One of I, I've had a lot of horrific dating experiences and first dates. Mm-hmm. And one of them I went on, I took this girl out and we've been friends for a long time. And finally, uh, I was taking her out for a birthday and she had just turned 18 and we were going out on a date. Finally got her. We go to this little pool hall area. We like to go. We're playing pool. Her ex-boyfriend shows up, ruins the whole evening. Now she she's he just sits at a table across from us and it ruins the whole vibe. Right. But she's like, oh, let's go back to your house. We'll watch a movie or something. Dates already going weird. And she's like, we're scrolling through movies. And she goes, oh, my God, what missed call. Have you ever seen that? It's like, no, I've never seen that movie before. She's like, dude, that movie's so good. I used to watch it all the time. I fucking love that movie. So I'm like, okay, let's put it on. We put it on. And halfway through that movie, I just looked at her and was like, are you fucking serious? I just had to endure this shitty first date. And now you subject me to this fucking movie. Oh, it was just horrible. After that, she thankfully went home. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, that's the only experience I have with that movie. I was just so. God, that movie sucked. So if I went to the theaters and they played one missed call. I'll always know what you did last summer. What'd be my other two that would just it follows would piss me right off if they played that one. I'd be so happy. God, I'd, I'd be love mad. to see that in theaters again. I would ruin it for everyone in that theater. But like, this scene's stupid. <laughs> I'm just calling it out. Oh, that would be shitty. You pay. You just spent 20 bucks. And every time you go, it's just fucking horrible. It gets worse than the last. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you have to pay for all of them. I think you can just. Oh, that would be uh... my guess. My big Halloween will be one for sure. Guaranteed Night of the Living Dead because it's public domain and cheap. Good point. <laughs> I bet that's one. Probably The Exorcist. And I don't know, maybe a more recent thing just to balance it out. So maybe like Midsummer or Hereditary or something. I bet Hereditary. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be pretty cool, though. Um, I don't have any other horror news. The only thing, as the time is this coming out, um, The Last Night in Soho, which is a new... Uh, I just blanked on his freaking name. Huh. He made Shaun of the Dead. Um, Edgar Pilgrim. Wright. Yes, Edgar Wright. Uh, his new movie, Last Night in Soho, come is out. It's been out for a few days as you're listening to this. It's new Anya Taylor-Joy. It's kind of like a psychological oh. horror movie. And I love Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. So I will definitely be seeing it when it comes out in theaters. I'm very excited for that movie. So that's one that y'all might want to look up. If you didn't know it was happening, maybe check out the trailer because it's in theaters as I speak. And hopefully it's good. So we'll see. Yeah, um, that's about all I have. Um, you can find me on my Instagram, uh, Sean underscore Blumenshine, and my YouTube channel, which is Sean Blumenshine, where I talk about horror and rock music and all kinds of stuff like that. Um as uh, Scott has referenced, he also has a YouTube channel that he can talk about and the horror reviews he's doing. Yeah. Uh, one thing on the 31st on Halloween itself, I'm doing a live stream kind of watch along of something I watch every Halloween and that's Bravo's hundred scary movie moments. I've watched mm-hmm. that. It came out when I was eight and I watch it every year. So that's how I kind of plan on capping off my October is doing a live stream of that. So if you want to 
check it out if you're not doing any fun shit on Halloween, then y'all can come hmm. and join in the chat and see the hundred scariest movie moments as of 2004. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, all our socials are listed below and we'll see you next episode.